This is The Water Table. A chance to hear the agricultural side of these issues. A place for people to go find information and education. It's important to get that non-biased viewpoint from research. How misunderstood what we do is in the general public. I would encourage people to open their minds and listen to this dialogue. Welcome. Hello, my name is Jamie Dunnick, the host of the Water Table Podcast. I'm super excited to start this journey. This is something I've been thinking about in the back of my mind for some time now, and the fact that it is now happening is really exciting and energizing to me. The purpose of this podcast is really to just have a place for people to go find information and education on water management and water quality in agriculture. The plan is to release a couple episodes a month that will be 30 to 60 minutes long. Most of the episodes will feature a guest. In this podcast series, you will find topics like water quality in ag, crop health, system design, technical issues in agricultural water management, safety in our industry, the economic impact of managing the water on the farm, and so much more. Today, I have Kent Rodelius with me. Kent is a long time, actually a 36-year employee of Prinsco, and has just a vast variety of industry experience and so much history. So it's fun to fun to do this with Kent, and um, so welcome, Kent. Thank you, Jamie. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk about some water quality issues and some challenges in our industry and on the farm. So uh, it's uh, there is a lot of history with farm drainage, great legacy of uh, how they've built this nation out and how we've managed water on the farm to increase crop yield and productivity at the same time. So Kent, as you think about um, the journey that we're starting with this podcast series and um, where we can go with here for educating not only our customers and those interested to learn more about um, water management on the farm, but also educating the public. You know, what what excites you? What are uh, maybe just one or two of the topics that we're going to be talking about over the next year that, that you're really uh, energized about? Well, I think it's really critical that people have a chance to hear the agricultural side of these issues. Um, there's a real challenge with, uh, with what the perception of ag drainage is, or as we like to refer to it as water table management. Um, people don't understand what we do when we're moving water off the farm and what happens to that water. So it's, uh, it would be nice to give people a clearer view of what's happening to that water and why, why farmers and ag, uh, ag producers are, are uh, putting in so much tile at this time and uh, what, the, what that does for them. The other side of it is uh, water quality. There are some things that are a challenge for, for water table management, and we have some real exciting things happening in water quality by using water drainage management. You know, one of the things that, as I listen to you and as I think about you know, our history of you, Kent, and myself together, um, that I can get really excited about is we, we certainly do not have all the answers, but um, we've been put in a position where we have been in the industry long enough that we know where to go for many of the answers. And so I'm excited about bringing guests in on a variety of topics, but we're going to bring in uh, people from 
from uh, land-grant universities and people that are uh, PhDs in material science. We're going to bring in you know, experts in, in our industry and the law side and some of the drainage law that happens nationally. And uh, um, so that I think, you know, we can be a conduit to the information and to the education that people are yearning for. And that's one thing Princeco has always thought was important is to have connections to the industry and to the researchers and to what's going on in our business. So we've tried to build out relationships and have access to people so we can hear from the horse's mouth what's going on. Uh, we can impact the industry. We can study. We can find studies and we can develop answers and uh, help with solutions to some of the challenges that we have. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that what we do on the farm impacts other people. And so to, to be able to have uh, those kinds of resources and those kinds of minds to pick and people to talk to has really been formative in what we do at Princeco. It's, it's what I know we've talked about it between the two of us enough to know. It's what uh, one of the things that drives both of us is just the energy that we get from the relationships we've built over time in our industry from other industry folks from customers and the passion that that they have um, and what they do. And so if this is something that we can help, you know, in, in some ways give back and in, in bringing some education and bringing some resources for them to find some of the specific things that um, that they're looking for that they don't know about, they want to learn so they can um, they can serve their customer better. Um, that's part of what this is about and part of what uh, I think drives both of us to to continue to bring content and guest speakers to this podcast. I agree. And it's it's good to get the independent sources from the uh, from the researchers and the, the projects that they've done and are have ongoing. It's important to get that non-biased uh, viewpoint from research, um, not just something that uh, a tile company like Princeco will benefit from, but what benefits uh, everybody who works in agriculture. So, Kent, as you uh, being kind of a, a godfather of our industry, so to speak, and uh, having such a vast knowledge, uh, would you uh, be willing to just give a little, a little bit of a, a history of drainage in North America and what's, how, how it's come to where it is today? Sure. Uh, very early on, the people that came from Europe came to North America, immigrated, and they understood drainage. As they came and settled west, they cleared more land, and uh, they understood what drainage did. And for the most part, you know, that was ditching. I'd say the big era in the, in the upper Midwest where, where we concentrate today was done in the, uh, the 1920s to 1950s. It's, it's important to remember that from like 1950 to, to the mid-70s, the NRCS, or what used to be the SCS, actually incentivized farmers strongly to drain wetlands. If you remember how hard those people worked, a lot of that was dug in by hand. And that was just hard work. Uh, the other, one of the other really interesting things has been to watch the installation process change and the technology that has come to this industry and how we're able to put tile in the ground now so much more economically and, uh, and accurately. So um, I came to work in 1983, 
And in December of 1985, uh, the swamp buster provision was passed. And that really changed a lot of things in the drainage industry. And even to this day, people often wonder about that or ask about it. But every tile project has to be permitted by some agency. Uh, you can't just go out and do whatever you want to do. It's highly regulated, and it's, it's fairly complex and complicated. So that's, uh, that's kind of the history of where we are today is... It's, it's very often soft played uh, how much, how critical the, the process of, of water table management is for soil erosion, for storing water in the soil profile. Um, like I mentioned, for increase in production, uh, there's the trafficability. You can get in and plant earlier in the spring and you can get your crop out in the fall, even if it's wet. So there's, it's been really fun to watch the evolution of this industry over the years. You said so much there in those few minutes, um, you know, around um, talking about what what happened in our industry back before 1985 and before the Swamp Buster Bill and how um, that was encouraged uh, and it was actually even um, incentivized for the farmers to do much of that drainage and and uh, how that led up to where we are today where we're farming the best and buffering the rest. and. Uh, and it's exciting, but but it leads back to, you know, a real reason to do this podcast, and that is how misunderstood what we do is in the general public and and even even in certain areas of the farm industry um, and areas such as uh, the Red River Valley of uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, where um, many of the people that live rurally might not be farmers, but live rurally really don't understand what we do. We th- they, and they think that, you know, this, this drainage is causing flooding. And, and, uh, when you're, you know, part of what you said earlier is how we're storing water in the soil profile. So all of that, as I listen to, I just get excited about all of the topics that can come out of, out of this podcast series as we go along and how much, uh, education I think we can do for, for the vast majority of people that uh, that have an interest, whether it's because they're a customer or they just want to learn more about uh, what we do in our industry and how we can provide for for a better environment. Those are great points, Jamie. And one other thing that I would mention is that uh, one thing that goes largely unnoticed is the amount of wetlands that have been restored. And uh, like with any industry, there's some things that are done and mistakes made. And there were some areas where farmers tried to drain land, and it was just too low or it just didn't work very well. And they have now voluntarily gone back in and and restored those wetlands. So there's there's actually a really large gain of net wetlands in uh, in the states in the upper Midwest. Um, One of the technicalities is that you can't call them restored wetlands because they're not permanent because a farmer could change that again. But nevertheless, they are, there is uh, thousands and thousands of acres that have been restored voluntarily by farmers doing the right thing. Absolutely. And, uh, and again, you, you don't hear about that. What we're seeing and is, is not very publicized is that the farm community is really um, restoring wetlands. Like you said, that might not be, um, publicized because of the fact that that they're not on a permanent basis but they're restoring them through all of the the different programs that most of them coming through the farm bill one of the things i think we take for granted up here in the upper midwest is the quality of the soil we have in this area Um, 
we, we have some of the best, absolute best soil in the world, and this is the breadbasket of the United States. And it should be farmed. It's, uh, it's so much more efficient to, to farm the good land and farm it well and use, use uh, water table management, good crop science, good, uh, good seed, good agronomy, all those things make, make the crop yield just phenomenal. Absolutely, and not in you know what you didn't say is all the rain we get up here, and all how fortunate we are with uh, with water also, which is uh, which creates an industry for us on one hand, but also as uh, you know we're super fortunate to have the opportunity to even uh, to even what manage our water because we have enough, and in some cases too much. Yeah, we have. Uh, I like to always say we have the luxury of too much water up here. And that's a, that's a great problem to have. But the two greatest risks to a farmer are drought and too much water. And right now, it's it's really too much water uh, cutting into the crop production. Uh, you know, once a crop stands for more than twenty four hours in water, the uh, the yield potential of that crop is uh, highly diminished. Yeah, exactly. And what we what we hope to bring, you know, to this series is is the opportunity to hear about what's going on and what's in development from a science perspective at these universities. It's just another another aspect we're going to be able to bring in denitrifying wetlands and storing water in the soil profile. And, and Iowa State has done a lot of work uh, denitrifying wet, wetlands, and some of that's gaining some pretty, pretty strong uh, foothold again now. It's kind of a win-win because... You can uh, you can take a small portion out of a watershed and build some some natural wetlands, and uh, you can build a really high quality wetland now. You could build a small percentage of that whole wet wetland in a low area, and run all the tile water, all the drainage water, all the surf all the surface water through that through that wetland, and it's there isn't a better way to, to take the nitrogen out of the water than there is by one <clears throat> running it through a, a, a wetland. Uh, that's exactly what a wetland does is scrub the, scrub the nitrates out of that water. And so there's, there's great energy in that. And there's, there's a, a real upside to that is you're building habitat just for conservation, uh, for, for hunting, for recreation, just for enjoying the outdoors. So denitrifying wetlands, uh, I think you're going to hear a lot more about them in the near future. Yeah, and there you heard it from uh, the guy on the ground for the last almost four decades, and hopefully uh, through this series, we'll be able to hear more about that from uh, from the actual PhDs and experts as we uh, as we interview them. So, Kent, one of the things we want to establish with this podcast is um, kind of a a parting question, and uh, we call it the the water table takeaway. What would your parting thoughts be? I would encourage people to, to just uh, open their minds and listen to this dialogue and try and understand uh, the, the on-farm perspective to some of the issues that we're going to try and handle. Uh, we want to do it honestly and openly for sure, and we're not saying that we're, we're not without challenges in the water table management business, but we do have a lot of solutions and practices that can help on the farm. And we need both the farmers to join in lockstep with us and examine those, uh, those practices. I'm talking about a lot of drainage water management practices because you, you can't treat what you don't manage. And so just the, the free flow of, 
of tile lines is probably something that we need to look at and talk about pretty clearly. Um, uh, there's a lot of things out there on the uh, the forefront that are going to be challenges for, for this industry to meet, but we do have a lot of research and a lot of ongoing projects. So just stay tuned and, uh, like I said, try and keep an open mind and see both sides. Right. And, you know, as you as you shared your thoughts on that, you know, it brings up um, something you and I have talked about before in regards to this series is, is almost like an, an opportunity for people that are listening to to learn something, to, to become educated in a topic that they maybe don't need to know today, but that we can have um, this library out there that as, as things come up, as time goes on and, and uh, potentially regulation changes or, or their perception changes or their, their practices, if they're a contractor changing, they can come back to some of these episodes and say, you know, I remember that episode. I'm going to go find it um, that that talked with um, had a guest on this subject. So that's another reason why I'm and listening to your your final thoughts or why I'm excited about this is there will be topics that maybe aren't prevalent today um, for everybody, but they will be in the future. So there's there's both a lot of challenges and a lot of answers in the industry we work in. Um, there is no question that we face some challenges to remove nitrates and phosphates from the water. We do have a lot of exciting practices that can treat that both of those elements, and we need to explore them and talk through them, and this is a good forum to do that. There are some exciting things happening in our industry with drainage water management and on-site practices and edge-of-field practices that I think we have some answers that we can bring to the, to the ag community. So hopefully this is a good overview of what's to come in the Water Table podcast series. Um, again, Kent and I are really excited to bring this to you. You can find us at any of your favorite podcast platforms. Also our website, Facebook, and Twitter. And please share this uh, this episode and upcoming episodes with uh, friends, uh, people that you might think are interested, and those that need to be educated on what we do in our industry Uh, We need to get this information out there. Thank you.